Welcome to the CDRB Show, the podcast where you get to know some of the coolest people around. I'm your host, Christian Rodriguez, and each week I sit down with a special guest to chat about their life, career, and all the things that make them awesome. We cover some serious topics that matter, but don't worry, we keep it real and laid back. You never know what kind of insights and surprises you'll get, but one thing's for sure, we're always having a good time. So kick back, relax, and join us for another episode of the CDRB Show. Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of the CDRB Show. I'm Christian Rodriguez and as every week we have a special guest to talk about their life and career. This week's guest is Mr. David Reeder, Mayor of Clarksville, Arkansas. How are you? I'm good, Kristen. How are you today? Thank you. I'm very good. Thank you for being here and accepting this invitation. It's uh, a really uh, honor for me to have you here today. No, and I appreciate the opportunity very much. Yeah, I, I hope that today we can discover more about your life and about your responsibilities as major of a city as Clarksville, Arkansas. So um, in every podcast, I try to um talk to with the guests about several topics starting from your background your life so uh the first question is where were you born i was actually born in paris which is across the river okay from clarksville I actually uh was born there went to school there and pretty much lived my, all my younger years in paris all right um and how was your life when you were a child Well, I, 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 to best equate it, it was very humble and very country. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we rode a school bus 30 minutes every, every morning oh, to wow. get to school. And uh, we had to catch the school bus at 6.30 in the morning. And every morning we'd start with, um, you know, a typical day was to split kindling because we heated the, the home with wood. We mm -hmm. cooked with wood. Uh, I had to feed the chickens. I fed the dogs, the hogs, the beagles. The, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. we did all of that. And then we got our water from a well. So we had to go draw five gallons of buckets of water at a time. And we, in the wintertime, we'd heat them up in a big black pot. And then we'd carry that to a clawfoot tub and we'd dump the warm water. Mm -hmm. And then my sister would take a, a bath first. Mm -hmm. And then my mother and then my dad and finally i would either sometimes i'd get in before my dad okay but then we all shared the same five or ten gallons of water so we were fairly you know humble and poor yeah but we had a really good life you know and i think um, growing up that way really got me ready for life and some of the hardships that you face and uh, just learning how to face adversity and and just keep you know moving forward so i think I really enjoyed my, my youth. It was a lot of fun. It's a hard work, but it was fun. Yeah. So you were working basically since you were a child in the in in the house uh, to help <laughs> with the family with all things. Oh, everything. Food. Yeah. You know, we didn't go to we didn't go to the grocery store. We we canned our own foods. We we had a big garden and we harvested our own own food. Had a potato cellar. We kept everything over. I mean, there were some trips trips to the store, but for the most part, we were completely self sufficient on a five acre farm. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was it was hard work, but it was fun. And uh, regarding the school that you had to travel 30 minutes each day, so it was in another city? or Well, we were on the very northern edge, so we were almost into the Ozark School District. We, oh, were, okay. just, uh, we were probably physically closer to Ozark, the yeah. city of Ozark, than we were Paris, but it was in the Paris School District. So it was a little, little community called Carbon City, population mm -hmm. of about 10. <laughs> so oh, really? itty bitty yeah yeah and so the school bus would pick us up at 6 30 and it usually 
it'd be 4.30, quarter to 5 when it dropped us off in the evenings. Mm-hmm. And then the cycle would start over. We'd have to put all the animals up and go harvest stuff from the garden if it was ready or just, you know, basically do work around the house. And we, we got to play, ride bikes, and do normal stuff. And uh, it, it, was a, it was a pretty normal childhood, yeah. Okay. And uh, can you also tell us a little bit about your family? Well, you know, uh, my family is, is actually, we are kind of transplants. That We started in, in Connecticut. You know, my grandfather and, and great-grandfathers, they came to the south following the work for the coal mines mm-hmm. way back in the day. And so right now the majority of my family is in, in Hartford, Connecticut, New Haven, Waterbury, that area. So we were kind of the transplants in the south, and we come down for the, to for work in the mm-hmm. coal mines and my grandfather had a the charcoal plant over in Paris, and um, you know, my dad, and my mom, they uh, I've, I've lost them recently, so it's just me and my my brother and my sister, okay. and I got I got one stepbrother, and uh, we we um, you know we all kind of went our own ways because there was no jobs in our area, mm-hmm. and we all went out pursuing jobs and careers, so um, pretty normal, pretty standard family, yeah, yeah, and. I mean, as a major of a city as Clarksville, Arkansas, it seems ter- interesting to ask you this question. <laughs> what do you do on your spare time? Or, uh, like, what does a normal weekend in your life look like? Well, you know, up until recently, my life was around my two daughters. Mm-hmm. They were very they were very um, involved in competitive sports. My oldest daughter went to college to play basketball and my youngest daughter, they, they've always been involved in competitive sports, either mm-hmm. softball or basketball, and I coached them. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, we've taken them uh, to tournaments in, in Mississippi and Alabama and Oklahoma and Missouri, and yeah. we kind of turned that into our, our family vacation. So up until they graduated from high school, that was pretty much our life. And then when they were in high school, it was following them around in their, their high school career. Yeah. And now they're, they're at school, they're off at college, and – our life is about uh, growing gardens. You know, I've, I've really got into bonsai trees mm-hmm. and and doing patio gardens, growing oh. things out of buckets and and not have, if you don't have the ground, you can grow in buckets. It's yeah. really really cool. And so doing that and just spending time with my in-laws and my wife and and just kind of being chill. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in the, I'm in the chill phase of my life. I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, also, uh, I wanted to talk about your studies. Uh, what did you study in college? So I went to, my degree was uh, business information systems. Okay. So I learned Microsoft Access, Microsoft Excel, code, you know, writing code, mm-hmm. and then learning those information systems that businesses use and then how to apply those in the, in the business world. Okay. And so it was a lot of fun. In fact, our, one of our capstone projects was being able to communicate to a security camera via the Internet from your phone. Oh, it was one of the first <laughs> projects we had. Now you, you see that all over the place now. Yeah, and at, through through our studies at John Brown University, that was our capstone project was to actually make that work, and we did it. So, so you studied in John Brown. Mm, University? I did. Yeah. So all right. I was in the military, and I never was afforded the opportunity to go right out of high school into college. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of a kind of a, a dual threat sort of person. I I had the college of life that I was yeah. dealing with every day, and then. When I had time, I was able to. John Brown offered a program one night a week, and you know, kind of thing, mm-hmm. and uh, that which was really tough. You know, the military. I was in the military at the time, and they were moving us around, so it was really hard 
to you know to have to be displaced and, and keep on pace with yeah. your studies and then keep up with your studies while working and raising a family and uh, very very hard very difficult yeah. to go that route it's it my advice to people is you know my daughter's Go to college, spend four years, get your degree, get out. Yeah. Don't try to work, raise a family, and do college. It's it's hard, very hard. In what part of the military were you? So I actually retired when, from what's called the Active Guard Reserve. I was in the Army National Guard. Okay. Uh, I was deployed to Iraq in, from 03 to 05. Mm -hmm. And so as you as you progress up the rank, you know, you have a duty station somewhere in the state of Arkansas. Then you have deployments overseas. You have uh, different types of deployments. So it's very much a difficult thing to try to maintain a military career and, and pursue th that progression yeah. and then get ready for the civilian life, you know, after, after military, get your degree and be, be ready. So it's just because my financial situation, family situation back in, in the late eighties, I was afforded that opportunity and that was my walk in life. And I think that more than anything prepared me for this assignment that I'm in today because mm -hmm. it lets me see, the world at, at the higher level yeah and i got so much more experience by doing that and i got to see the decisions that we make at the city and how those impact people on a daily basis so i think it equipped me to understand m better mm. what we do on a daily basis yeah yeah i'm also interested on your professional uh career and uh the first question i wanted to ask you is uh before being a major what are other jobs did you held so Believe it or not, uh, my first job out of high school was I was catching chickens hmm. out in, in uh, eastern Oklahoma. Sorry. Yeah, we'd catch, you know, 25 to 50,000 chickens a night. Oh. And then, the, you know, they would take home to the processing plant and, and process them, right? Yeah. And it was very hard work. Would not recommend that. <laughs> very, very hard work. So then yeah. I, did some work, I did some work on the oil field. Mm -hmm. um, then I got a, a good uh, union job in Fort Smith working for American Standard or building train air conditionings. Mm -hmm. And then that worked, that rocked on for a little while, kept getting laid off and, and then things back and forth. And then a, a full-time opportunity worked, opened up with the, uh, with the Army National Guard and was selected for that position and stayed with that for the next 20 years and worked my way up and ended up being the uh, operations sergeant major for the whole in, uh, installation down at Camp Robinson. Mm -hmm. So I was in that operations sergeant position, and that's basically like running a small city. And it kind of, that experience more than anything gave me uh, confidence that I could actually hold the position of mayor, right? Yeah. So I think it was just our walk in life. It, almost in a way, it was kind of ordained. You know, I was kind of built that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? When, when did you start your term as mayor of Clarksville? 2019. 2019. 2019. So this is my second one. This is your second, second term. Second term. Mm -hmm. And uh, how many terms can a uh, major... Uh, there's not limited on There's on no mayor. limit? Yeah. yeah. There's no limit to it. Do you plan to get another term if everything goes fine? Well, <laughs> Chris, that's, that's a difficult answer. It's hard to answer that right now. You know, it's it's been such a difficult thing for me and my family. Yeah. And so it's three years down the road. I don't know. I mean, I would like to. Right now, my answer is yes. But we'll see. We'll see what... Uh, what you know, how things unfold over the next two and a half, three years. Yeah. How was your process to um, be able to decide that you wanted to uh, to get a second term as a major? Well, I think it was we had so many uh, open, open-ended projects. We had set out with a vision of inclusion and job creation 
and and setting things policies and procedures in place that would create a diverse and open city mm-hmm. and i think that more than anything i wanted to see that through and uh, so that's kind of why I, I chose to run and yeah i'll be honest with you you know my family was they were like you know we would prefer you not do it because you know it's not always a pleasant thing to be mm-hmm. in a siege someone's always throwing stones at you yeah and uh, it's hard on my it's hard on your your family for them to witness that and watch that so a big part of it was their decision and their decision to support me and help me do it. I wouldn't be here without them. How how has it affected uh, your job uh, to your family? In, in which type of situation? Well, I think it's 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 tough because you know when you're not involved with politics, you, you always have this desire to be accepted, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're when you're in politics, there's an old adage that says the tallest nail gets the hammer, right? So mm-hmm. if you're the politician or you're out, you put yourself out there, you're out yeah. for public critique. And sometimes that critique is hard for your family members, number one, to understand, and number two, to take, and then number three, to forgive, yeah. you know, because they don't like it. You know, they they know who I am, and they know that the, the ugliness sometimes that comes out from politics is not who you are, and it bothers them, right? And yeah. they, they it's it's been one of the hardest adjustments for my family to do, have to deal with is, knowing the truth and then watching how it gets spun in public. How have you been able to maybe evolving how you receive critique from people? Well, you know, if it's true, I take it for face value and, and do an analysis on myself. And if that's true, make the corrections. If it ain't true, I just I don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, you, you have to take criticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But if it's true, you always, there could be some, some areas of improvement. And if you don't have have that ability to at least reflect on it and look at look at yourself remove yourself from kind of the position you're in and say is there truth to that yeah and if you say that and you can say okay well maybe they have a point make those make those adjustments and try to meet them in the middle but if they're just being some some of them are just way out there left field irrational and you it's hard to adjust to those sometimes Mm -hmm. so It's, I think so far we've done a pretty good job of balancing that out. Yeah. Yeah. So if anyone is prepared here that is listening uh, <laughs> and wants to become a major, what is the, or, or how does it work for someone to become a candidate uh, as a mayor for Clarksville? So there's, it, the first thing, you, you have to have the passion, right? Um, there's, there's a, uh, and I did it, I just did it, I did a Google search when I was doing it. How, right. how do I become mayor, yeah. right? in the state of Arkansas, and it led me to this book called Running for Office. It's a it's a running for public office handbook, and it tells you exactly what to do, mm-hmm. forms to fill out, when they're submitted, who to submit them to. So you can Google search that that handbook and read it for yourself, which is exactly what I did. But the the thing you have to have more than anything is is resolve. Mm-hmm. You, you have to have an, a passion to resolve some issues that, that are affecting you because – There's so many barriers between you and, and the success yeah. that you're going to have – any person that wants to run for office is going to have to accept that critique, accept the, the, the heavy weight that comes with it, but moreover be able to sort through all that and stay focused on the mission, right? Yeah. And so that's the hard, that was the hardest thing is, you know, the paperwork and filing all that was real simple. They, the state of Arkansas makes that so easy for you to follow. And then you go get, you know, signatures from your community mm-hmm. petitions. And once that's done, you you pay a filing fee and then it start campaigning. 
you start, you know, get your signs and mm-hmm. going to places and speaking and, and getting your message out on what you want to do yeah. and hope it resonates with people, right? And once that takes hold, you should be, you know, I mean, you'll be okay. But you, mm-hmm. The biggest thing is you, you, you can't, more people that I've talked to have not gotten in politics for fear. They're afraid, right? And that you can't be afraid. Yeah. You, and that's why, I mean, when you've got to have passion and resolve, it, it's not something that you take lightly. If you're going to do it, you're all in. There's no halfway. Mm-hmm. When you are a candidate, obviously you can be a candidate, but uh, you still need the support from people and the votes from people, right? So yeah. do you think it's necessary maybe do like a pre-work before trying to apply for a candidacy to be a major? Because you have to have like... Um, support from the people that will vote for you how do you get that if you if it's your first time in politics for example so you you do an assessment of the community right Mm -hmm. and and then you you talk to people and you just go around you're basically doing internal polls with certain groups of people all groups of people that you can get to and ask them what their opinions are right Mm -hmm. and then offer your solution to that issue or that problem And if it's received well, mm-hmm. and you feel like that uh, people are going to receive receive you well because you you've offered a good alternative, then I would go for it. Yeah. But if you're if you're wanting to run just because you want the title, it's not something that you're going to be happy with because it is it, it it at times can be brutal with the criticism that you mm-hmm. take, and if you're not passionate about being there, it's going to bother you really very much yeah yeah what are your main functions as major so there's two ways to look at it city is ran by a legislative body mm-hmm. which is that that's the rule makers and that's your council members and then the executive function which is the the individuals that carry out the day-to-day activity so council members make the rules mayors enforce them if that makes sense yeah so i'm in charge of overseeing the day-to-day activities of the city okay and making sure that We're doing things in accordance with the law, doing, getting feedback from the community so that the, sh- the rules and the things that are being decided upon are going in the direction and that the council members are aware yeah. of what's being said in the community, right? Um, so they're making the right rules and have reshaping the rules so that the mayor and his staff can, can move forward and meet those objectives. Yeah. Um, Also, um, I was doing research in the Clarksville government website, and mm-hmm. there's a list of goals you have as major, uh, with one of them being encourage citizen participation in city government. Yeah. How do you think you have achieved, or how do you approach to that goal? Yeah, I think mostly it's just by communicating that it, you don't have to have a certain name. You don't mm-hmm. have to come from a certain social background. You can you can participate. You can serve on a board, committee, um You can be, you can run for council. You you don't have to have any qualifications mm-hmm. other than being an American citizen and have a passion to do something right for people. Yeah. Those two things, that's all you need. And also, I, I was looking to the to a news report that was like a couple of years ago on the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And um, th- you were uh, announcing that you were closing every public space. Mm-hmm. Um because of the pandemic right how was that received from people <laughs> no it wasn't received well right yeah some some understand it some don't that's a perfect perfect example where your actions are in line with protecting folks mm-hmm. right but some people just they just 
this you know there was comments like the the mayor's being a a, a dictator mm-hmm. right and things like that are you there's no sense in that because we were doing things in accordance with the CDC guidelines and we didn't want to get more people sick. Mm-hmm. So in order to discourage the grouping of people, yeah. we closed the indoor facilities but left the parks open. So, the, you know, that was one of those situations where you knew you did the right thing. You got to have thick skin and just and just ride it out and, yeah. and know that you're right. So uh, that's a perfect example of you bringing up where you get, cri- you know, criticism over doing the right thing. Yeah, that's just, true. Yeah, you just got to have thick skin. Uh, also, uh, in all this time as mayor of Clarksville, what will you consider is your biggest achievement so far in these two terms you have? Well, that's a big question. Um, let me think for a second. I would say probably the, our Vision 21 initiative, our bond refinance, which um, I've seen some comments from other communities, east of bigger communities from us, saying, you know, if you want to see how things should be done, look at Clarksville. They're mm-hmm. a third of our size, and they have the amenities of Conway or Little Rock, right? Mm-hmm. So the the voters approved a bond refinance that allowed us to build the 12 miles of mountain bike trails, the inclusive playground, the only one of its kind. We may be the only city of our size that has an inclusive playground. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the new baseball complex has come in, two more basketball courts. Uh, it's just amazing what that done. And I think the impact – and then the soccer, the soccer field remodel. Mm-hmm. It's been 26 years since we, we, we built the, the soccer complex. It still don't have lights on it. You still can't hold soccer tournaments. It was probably the largest demographic of of youth sports that we have. Mm-hmm. It was so badly underserved. Yeah. It was high time that we addressed those needs. And I'm very proud of that, very proud of that. So soccer is going to continue to grow and be a, a big program for us, and, and now it's going to be done right. Mm-hmm. And the, the voters approved that. Our council's been supportive of it, and I'm really, really grateful. And, and I think of all the crowning achievements, that's – going to be one I look back to see my kids and my great my grandkids enjoying yeah. that right and going out to the soccer complex the baseball complex and seeing these kids and generation after generation enjoying you know with their families mm-hmm. it's good family wholesome entertainment and in by chance th- those activities can open up op- open up opportunities for kids that want to go to college right gives them the facilities to train learn teamwork eventually going to college to you know to like come here and play soccer or play yeah. baseball or play basketball and it's a it's a it's amazing that that feature has is come the way it is and then beyond that our economic development team um, the way we kind of restructured that and brought Stephen Hauserman on uh, and the things that we're doing as a as a city to bring in new jobs and new mm-hmm. opportunities so that we we don't have to export you You know what I mean? So you don't have to leave here. You could stay here and have a, have a life here because there's good jobs. Yeah. And so the kids that are graduating college, we've been exporting that talent for years and years because we haven't really grown mm-hmm. and had the, the type of jobs that they want. So we're, doing, we're really close to really changing the stars for this community, not mm-hmm. just Clarksville, but the whole River Valley with the projects that we have in the hopper that we're working on right now. Mm-hmm that is going to make things totally different for us going forward. Very excited about that. Yeah. And also, uh, as a major, what can you see that has been um, one of the biggest challenges for Clarksville or a challenge that is facing right now, and how is the city facing it? You know, I think um, there's a lot There's a lot, a lot of challenges. One of the biggest things that, that is, is housing. We, we, we have a major housing shortage here. 
And as as the economic development projects start to land, we're gonna it's even gonna be more it's more compounded because mm-hmm. we have the jobs but we don't have the houses to bring people in. Yeah. And it is a it is a it's a catch twenty two. Uh, we can't grow because we can't have houses, and we can't have ho- we can't get the jobs here because we don't have the people. Yeah, and so we, we're trying to solve that problem, and that's been one of the biggest challenges that I've seen. And other than that, there has been some resistance to change, mm-hmm. um, but for the most part, it's not been that big of a challenge. I think people in Clarksland, Johnson County, have been hungry for growth and change for some time, and I'm pretty excited to say that. I mean, I can see it, legitimately say it to you and anybody else, honestly, that I can see the good positive changes that are on the radar. Mm-hmm. We're having discussions every day and things things are going to be much better going forward for all of us. Yeah. Also, you mentioned that these changes that are happening are not going to only impact positively the people here in Clarksville, but the whole River Bailey, right? So uh, my question is, what role does Clarksville play in the broader region and what are some of the city's partnerships or collaborations with uh, neighboring communities? Well, I think it's, you know, well, we're, we're all kind of connected together, right? Russellville goes as Clarksville goes, Clarksville goes as Ozark goes. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, you know, Paris, my hometown over there could really benefit from the jobs that are created here, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think as if we do something that for example, well a perfect example the casino that's being talked about going into polk county mm-hmm. how's that going to affect clarksville either positive or negative right yeah. it's, it's so what we do matters uh, our project ether that we're discussing right now is going to affect every city around us because it's jobs that they can they can occupy it's going to bring people into our community to buy houses build their families here mm-hmm. So I think it's in- inherent that we make those decisions that we get out of the small-scale view of it and get up at that 10,000-foot level yeah. and say, if we do this, how does it affect left and right of us? And I think it's, it's incumbent that we, we try to always strive to do things that are in a positive nature. Mm-hmm. And so I think if we just continue to do that, we'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. Also, you were talking about um, the issue right now with housing and how that affects yeah. for job creation even. Uh, but I wanted to ask you, what advice will you give to someone looking to start a business or relocate to Clarksville? And, you know, just I would just say do your research, right? Mm-hmm. And, and know up front before you start a business, um, for example, the zoning code that you're in, you know, can I do that business in this part of town? What are the policies and procedures? Get it, because that's, I'd be honest with you, it's something I didn't know mm-hmm. when I started my business. It's just at, at the bottom of the hill below the college. So I didn't realize that my building was in what's called a residential office. And so it has much tighter restrictions on what I could do. Mm-hmm. So, when, for example, when I went to put a sign up, well, the sign couldn't be allowed because it was too big for that zone. Mm-hmm. So some of the frustrating things like that uh, were, t- were difficult. I wish I'd done a better job of researching, starting a business, and understanding how the system works. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of frustration out there, and people will get off on a business plan, get started, and realize, oh, I should have done this back at step two. Yeah. So understanding how that process works, n- number one is go to this, go to City Hall and talk to Cody Graham, our building inspector, talk to Wynette, and find out what that process looks like and get their advice. That's the first thing I would do. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Clarksville is a small city uh, in mm-hmm. rural Arkansas, and 
how's the how does the city balance maintaining in that small city charm while also promoting growth and uh development yeah that's a that that in, in the in the end christian is where the rubber meets the road so to speak yeah uh, do we grow or do we stay the same yeah you know that is the competing ideologies out there some people say we need to grow and some people say you know we need to kind of stay the same mm -hmm. more people are in favor of growth there's no doubt that they want jobs yeah there's no doubt about that jobs make the world go around they give us life as far as the city so i'm i'm a i'm a, a progressive kind of person meaning mm -hmm. progressive being i'm for progress uh, if we if we if we don't have enough jobs to fill the workforce then we need to bring them those jobs to that workforce but in the end you know those relationships like with the chamber the mm -hmm. chamber in the city the, the city and the university the city and the school the utility i think if you if we're fortunate enough and lucky enough to keep those groups all synced up together kind of rowing the boat in the same direction yeah. i think it don't matter how big the town is you're always going to have a small town feel because people will look in the eye and talk to you and know that hey you know what will you come sit down with me and have a conversation mm -hmm. and and it's it, you could be as big as houston and still have that go on yeah i, I think it's just a geographic thing in people's mind that uh, prevents them from being a small town um la Los Angeles, well, we're from Bakersfield, you know, and we lived in Bakersfield for several mm -hmm. years, a huge town, but it's still, we had a farmer's market hmm. every Saturday, just like we have here. People greeted you with a smile and, and talked to you. They knew you by name. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't necessarily, I think people get the wrong perception of what growth actually means. Mm -hmm. We need to grow. There's no doubt. If you, you know, if you're not growing, you're dying. And uh, it's, it's how you, again, you said it right. How do you maintain that? small town feel and i think it's with personal relationships between all the city entities mm -hmm. it's businesses alike and not just civic organizations businesses city entities utility entities um, uh, academic universities and academic institutions having those all synced up together is what's going to keep you small no matter how big you get yeah uh in what ways do you think clarksville has evolved or got modernized as a city and I asked this, um, and you can compare maybe on how you saw Clarksville before you started your first term in 2019, mm -hmm. and how it looks right now. How 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 has has it evolved? Well, I'll go I'll go back a little bit before that. I'll mm -hmm. say renewable energy has li literally changed the stars for who we are known as. Right, we're one of the first um, uh, cities that generate enough renewable solar energy to power the every city facility. Mm -hmm. And that has resonated with not just state but national level folks that put us on the market about being um, forward thinkers, right? Our internet system mm -hmm. that you know, that we've installed, that the utility installed, those those are two really key things I think as far as the evolution of Clarksville, uh, and then being the Vision Twenty One, all the amenities that we've provided, the economic growth that we've seen. I think those. That evolution, more than anything, defines who we are now and who we're going to be in the future. It sets it sets the stage for what's about to come. Yeah, yeah, that's different than than what it was back in 2018 when I just when I I felt so passionate about running for mayor because things I was hearing and seeing in town, um, 
it just it it compelled me to strive for inclusion and opportunity mm-hmm. and that's why i'm sitting here today yeah yeah uh clarksville is the home of the university of the ozarks mm-hmm. so uh i wanted to ask you how does the university and the student body and the faculty staff all of us that make the, the university of the ozarks how does that change the landscape of the whole city in your opinion hmm. that's it that's interesting well so the university may be our third largest employer hmm. okay so just on that merit alone right they, they, they impact the city in a major way yeah is the university pulled out of here and pulled all their jobs that is a, that is an impact that i don't know we could overcome yeah it would be probably as detrimental as pulling losing a tyson's so to speak so They have a major impact on our city, uh, and the, and then the economic impact directly into the city revenues based off what the students spend in the mm-hmm. com- community and all those things. It it is a um, just economically, it's it's probably our, our number two, maybe our number two priority. Yeah. But what it says about the community, and and, and Dr. Dunsworth and I have said this a couple of times, we're not a town with a college. We're a college town. Mm-hmm. We just need to get there, and that's been part of the goal all along. Is you've got uh, an entire student faculty here that's a captive audience for the most part. Yeah, um, we we don't have student life off campus for them that we're striving hard to get to, mm-hmm. um, and that's going to generate more life, more opportunities, makes the city more vibrant. And I think that by by following that that um, growth pattern. Mm-hmm has generated other growth because people want to be a part of positivity. So I think by following some of that 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 uh, course, that path, so to speak, about becoming a college town yeah. has generated a lot more growth than we expected. So the university uh, is is critical to everything we do because it's it's um, it's such an impact on on every every one of us. Yeah. Every one of us. It, you know, it affects the city's how many the economic impact to the city of like being able to hire street workers, you know, mm-hmm. street department, parks people, um, hospitals, and and you name it. Yeah, the economic impact is is um, is a, it's a it's a game changer. And there's so many communities in the state, probably country, who would love to have a university like the University of Ozarks nested within its community for that very reason. Yeah, and it's also uh, maybe a honor to have the oldest university of yeah. all the state, right? Because Yeah, and then uh, the Greystone Military Prep Academy yeah. was a fantastic addition to the university. And then you can see the growth happening and happening. And the more it happens, the more the city grows. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like the two things are correlated together. Yeah, It's really cool. If there was something you can think uh, of Clarksville as a city that it can improve right now what will it be oh you know that's always the hardest question is, you know is what how would you make yourself better yeah uh you know one thing i think that i'm still trying to get is clear you know easier building codes mm-hmm. you know so if you want to build a business i'd like to see or a home or a you know a um, housing addition yeah. i'd really love to see some of our building codes relaxed And, and ease some of the financial burdens on those that would build houses so that we could have more jobs and more people here. So I think that one thing is I still like to see that change. I've not had the success of getting it changed at this mm-hmm. point. 
but I think to answer the problem about building houses is maybe find a way to ease some of those those bureaucratic codes so that folks could afford actually to build houses. Mm-hmm. That's a big one for us, I think. Yeah. And there's always other little things you'd like to personally, you know, tweak a little bit and make mm-hmm. better. But I think right now that's a big one for us. Uh, it's a big barrier to growth. It yeah. really is. So, yeah. Um, talking about the future, um, it's always hard to maybe picture the future and uh, not even what you're going to do in the next week sometimes. Yeah. But I wanted to ask you, how do you see Clarksville in, for example, 15 years? Uh, you know, I, th- I think what we're building now is a launch platform for um, for opportunities, right, and, and inclusion. And I love to see that magnified mm-hmm. because there's, there's so many so, – like – to your questions earlier about how do you get involved and, and plug in. I don't I don't see enough of that right now. I don't see enough of civic involvement from, from folks. And I think by just by simply demonstrating, by leading by demonstration, I think that's going to encourage more people to be involved. And uh, when you do that, you know, I, I'm learning. When you get different perspectives looking at things, yeah. you get a better product, right? It, it, uh, you see the world differently than I do. Mm-hmm. And you bring things to light that I wouldn't have seen. And so I bring all of my history to the table. You bring all your – it's amazing what a wonderful product you can put together and then say, okay, well, that, that meets all – gets. And you end up with a product that is so good for everybody, you mm-hmm. can't be wrong. And I think what I've done, at least what I hope I've done, was injected myself as an example for the next mayor to follow, mm-hmm. whether it be you or anybody else. Be open. Uh, don't bring your biases to the to the table. Just listen with your ears. Not just hear, listen. Mm-hmm. And then take that back and shape a product that's going to encourage others to be involved. Yeah. And you do that, and you get that input, you understand what the what the city actually wants. Yeah. And I think by doing that, you'll be successful. Anybody would. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, we're getting to the final part of the interview, and in this part... I try to do a kind of a dynamic with the guest. Uh, it's a short um, phrase or one word answers on different questions. So they are easy questions, so Ooh, no, okay. no worries. Uh, <laughs> the, the first one is favorite color. Favorite uh, gray, gray, gray or silver, yeah. Uh, what is the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? Uh, coffee. Oh, I let the dogs out and coffee. Mm. Uh, religion? Catholic. Catholic. What is your favorite time of the year? Probably the fall. Why? Uh, just the temperatures are great, and the air is crisp, it's clean. Uh, the colors of the trees are changing. It's, yeah. it's absolutely gorgeous. It's the, it's our good Lord's painting, right? Yeah. And it's amazing. Yeah, you know, that's a, like a tendency because uh, every time I ask this question, it's like the same fall <laughs> always. Yeah, yeah and I, I like it too. I think it's, the, it's my favorite too. Yeah. Uh, what makes you angry? Uh, my daughters. <laughs> <laughs> my daughters. No, they. I love them to death. I, you know, I guess just um, redundancy. Mm-hmm. You know, just redundancy, redundant over and over and over. It, it just. I don't like redundancy. Yeah. Um, I like to you know seek answers, find answers, and move forward. Mm-hmm. I don't like to be stuck on high center. It. It. Um, it's, then I guess angry's. Yeah, I guess that's being redundant about things and not moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, how would you describe your personality? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess um, 
That's a tough one. I've never been asked to do that. So, um, what do you how you say? Receptive but aggressive, right? Um, I love to hear what people say and think, but I also love decisions to be made and move move forward. Do something even if it's wrong, Mm -hmm. right? Don't just sit idle and wait. Always move forward. So I think I'm a an aggressive person. Yeah. Uh, what will you buy if you received a gift of a million dollars? Five million? A million. One million. Oh, a million? I, you know, that's funny. I, I don't know. So the first thing is uh, my family would have no debt, mm-hmm. right? They would have I would pay off their debt first and, and then ours. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I, would, I would – there's a couple of uh, charitable organizations I think need some help uh, for sure. And then um, I, don't, I don't know. I, I really don't know from there. Probably – I might just buy a boat and go fishing after that, right? <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> after twenty six years in the military, I, I think I, I think I would I think I was I, I'd be okay with a boat. Yeah. yeah. Do you like fishing? Yeah, I love fishing. Do yeah. you go often to? I don't because I'm always being mayor. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what my wife said. She said we need to buy a boat. And go fishing. <laughs> yeah. She said you're always at a meeting or something, you know. And so yeah, but it's it's been very much worth it and. When I was when I was a kid, we basically lived on the river during the summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we had we had limb lines and trot lines and gill nets and hoop nets and all that because my grandfather and all them they did that from way back in the day. So he was kind of a commercial fisherman. Yeah, I had a lot of fun doing that. So I kind of <laughs> miss doing it. All yeah. right. <laughs> Next question is: uh, morning person or afternoon person? Oh, morning. Morning. Yeah, no doubt, morning. All right. Uh, favorite music genre? I, you know, I don't have one. Oh, really? I, I don't have a favorite. I, um, There's not one favorite. If it's if it's, I mean, I, from Waylon Jennings to 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 Eminem to oh wow to <laughs> yeah you name it, Lil Wayne, Nas yeah. I mean, I, there's everything in between from Patsy Cline to to Keith Keith Urban to Toby Keith yeah. If it's got a good beat and a good message, I'm I'm with it. You know. You don't have a favorite genre of music, but do you have a favorite artist? No, you know, honestly, I don't. Um, I honestly don't. I can't think of one artist that I could just turn on and let that artist play mm-hmm. on repeat. I can't do it. Um, uh, you know, for for right now, Creedence Clearwater Revival is one of is one of my favorite. Mm-hmm. And then um, last week it was Harry Mack. You know, I don't know if you know who that is. No, <laughs> Harry Mack is this freestyle rapper, okay. and he's on YouTube. And I love watching this. He, he you just say three words to him, and he makes his own song. Oh, wow. right, right there live. <laughs> You should check him out on YouTube. Yeah, He's really, I'll, really I'll good. check it. Yeah. So, I, and it just depends, you know, the music. Um, um, I, I, I don't have a favorite. In the '80s, it was uh, ACDC and mm. and Aerosmith and Journey and Air Supply. Yeah. And then before that, it was the '70s, right? With, with, uh, with uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival and and the Bee Gees. Yeah. Uh, they, So I'm just kind of a, I'm kind of all over the map. I'm a worship. You're open to any yeah, like yeah. type of music. Yep, I always have been. How you listen to any lat- Latino artists or? Uh, you know, uh, not a whole lot. Um, uh, I can't remember his name. They wrote Despacito. Um, uh, Daddy Yankee and uh, um, Luis Fonsi. Yeah, there's a couple of them that. Oh my lord! I can't remember his name. I don't know their name. There's obviously. another that is really famous, the most famous I think right now, yeah. Bad Bunny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some of it. Yeah. So you know, some of the music I don't know the name. I don't know the yeah. artist. I just, 
you know, in my head, I can sing Desposito right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just. just <laughs> Seeing that that it's song was a boom all, all oh, the yeah. over the world. It's just catchy <laughs> and you can play yeah. We got this this speaker system and I was playing it in my garage. I mean, just blaring it, right? <laughs> and the neighbor comes over and he's like, hey, what are you uh, it's yeah. a good song, right? I, yeah. I didn't know what the words were, but I could sing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, I just love it if it's got a good beat and it flows well and um, it's just good music, right? Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, a job you dreamed to have when you were a child. Hmm? A job you dreamed to have when you were a child. A job? that A job, yeah. Mm, I, I didn't really dream about a job, honestly. I think uh, I, think I always wanted to go like the military mm. uh i believed you know i believed in those guys and girls that were special forces and mm-hmm. and they were doing the dangerous stuff and I always kind of had that that passion yeah. yeah yeah tv shows or movies tv shows um somewhere between uh, below deck which me and my wife watch all the time okay. and uh and swamp people <laughs> and, and skinwalker ranch that kind of thing so reality kind of shows yeah we we we, we dig those things Some of so, what will you say is your favorite one? The oh, one skin, the yeah, right now, Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah, I think that, I think that that has some real impacts on real life. I, mm-hmm. I don't know this. Dr. Travis Taylor is a real scientist. He served on a real uh, UAP task force for the federal government, yeah. and they're investigating some some real weird anomalies. So, I love I love the science science part of it, and then. Uh, I'm a big YouTube guy. You know, I I, uh, I spend a lot of time on YouTube watching how to how to grow tomatoes in five gallon buckets, and yeah. how to how to make cucumber trellises, and how to do magnetic energy. And you, I'm just I'm just like a Warshak test. I'm all over the place. Yeah. Uh, um. The last question is: uh, Cats or dogs? Dog. Oh, dogs. Yeah. Do you have a a dog? Yeah, we got two dogs, right. and then two cats. Oh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> finally, the last one is uh, I always give this uh, like chance to for the guests to ask me any question if they want to. So if you want to ask me anything. <laughs> so what's your favorite genre of music? I think lat- Latino music uh-huh. like, and <laughs> probably Bad Bunny, <laughs> the one that I thought. <laughs> Bad Bunny? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, funny. that's one. You sound like me. If it's got a good beat, you know, and when uh, we just took a cruise lately, recently to uh, Cozumel. Okay. And we got to visit the Ma- Mayan ruins and mm-hmm. learn all about that history. Incredible. My daughters loved it. Okay. But when we were back at uh, at uh, at the main shore, mm-hmm. uh, they had a live band there, a mariachi band, and they, I mean, we were digging that. So I can listen to mariachi all day long. Yeah. I don't need to know their names, the name of the song. It's just good vibe, right? Yeah. Um, you know, Ryan Harmon's a local artist. One of my favorite songs of all times is going to be his, you know, Ride the Wind song that he wrote. <laughs> And uh, I mean, so I'm, I'm just, I just love music. It just puts you in a good mood. When life treats you like crap, yeah, you can go listen to some music and just chill and get away from it. Yeah, That's or you, or you can hurt yourself by listening <laughs> more sad music <laughs> yeah. if you're sad, yeah, whatever do that, yeah. things like that. Yeah, you don't want to, you don't listen to sad music. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, you know, I got interested. Uh, what countries have you been in? Well, you knew me like officially visiting. Yeah, like um, visiting. Uh, so I'll be at Korea. And then, you know, of course, the deployment to, to Iraq, Co- Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, uh, Ireland, Germany, um, Honduras, um, Mexico, uh, Bahamas. I've been there a couple of times. And that's, I think that's pretty much it, yeah. Oh, wow, that's yeah. interesting. And what were you doing in Honduras, visiting or? 
Well, it was a, that was a different time, right? It's back in the eighties, and it, it was uh, there was, a, it was there were some hostilities going on back then, and there was a, there was a lot of transportation assets going back back and forth, and I was actually working for the United States Air Force. Okay, you know, loading up C one thirties and <clears throat> flying supplies down to Honduras and back and forth. But from yeah. Honduras to the U.S. From, and the, from, from the, the U.S., so we leave Jacksonville Air Force Base uh -huh. and fly down to Fort Hood, reload there, and then fly to Honduras from there, and then back. We we drop loads off and come back, and then we did our annual trainings down there. Oh, so yeah, the the Thirty Ninth Infantry Brigade, which is here in Arkansas, a couple of years would go down there and, and they would do their annual trainings. Yeah. So they would go to Honduras, do jungle training and things like that. Oh wow! So your really your service in Honduras was around the time that. Well, I think in Honduras we didn't have like a civil war during the, those yeah, times. Yeah, civil war. Um, I, I think in Nicaragua and El Salvador, yeah, there were. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like like the best time. You know, I think yeah. there were some hostilities going on. Yeah. And then the, the the military was doing training back and forth and supporting operations down there. And I was actually working. I was a uh, E four, brand mm -hmm. new, brand new, basically just got in the military, and we were working, loading up planes and flying supplies back and forth. So, mm. uh, that. One of the trips, I ended up going down there and got, got, got stuck mm -hmm. uh, at the airport for a couple of days and then never oh. getting to fly back. So, yeah, How so was that experience in Honduras? I, well, it wasn't much for me. We, we how, never, how long were you? We were there for about three days. Oh, three days. Yeah. Okay. So we just was there for about uh, basically the weekend and then came back home. So Okay. Yeah. Wow. But, I, but I've, you know, so many, and I've seen so many, the, the, the The places where people are going and telling me about on on vacation mm -hmm. is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, some of the prettiest water you'd ever see. The wildlife, you know, the 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 um, the, the fish, sea turtles. People are showing me pictures of when they go on trips to Honduras. Yeah, uh, you just don't think of that. It's so amazing. you haven't been there since you went yeah, in the eighties. No, yeah, I haven't been, haven't been back since. You have to go. But a lot of my friends, yeah. have, a lot of my friends go. They say, well, "Don't go across the mail. Go there." Yeah, and there in Roatan and some other places. So they they love it. Yeah, it's That's, pretty. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah, uh, I'm. I have been enjoying this uh, conversation with you. Thank you very much. Any final words that you would like? No, to I just say? I appreciate the opportunity and uh, good luck with your. This is your senior year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Graduating. Yeah. Uh, In two weeks. <laughs> In two weeks. And yeah. then, then you're going back, you're going to Honduras? Yes. What are you going to do when you get there? Uh, well, I'm hoping to get a job in probably something related to media or in a TV station or radio station and try to make my career in that area yeah because well, I, I like it a lot. So Yeah, you keep doing it. I think you'll be good at it, right? Yeah, Just get, get folks on the air and you keep doing your podcast and that's the thing of the future right yeah uh, people are going away from from you know like paper print they want to hear and see people talk so yeah i think that's, that's a good future and good choice for you to do yeah. thank you thank you very much yeah. and thank you to everyone that listened to the cdrb show i'm christian rodriguez and you can find us on instagram at cdrb productions we'll see you next time thank you